It's Toronto's podcast on the Canada's Podcast Network. Hi, I'm Andrea Sassum, your Toronto's host for Canada's podcast, number one entrepreneurial news network. Today, I have a great pleasure to be here with Neti Basiri. He's the uh, co-founder and CMO of Apply Boy, as well as we have the rest of the team here. So welcome, everybody. Thank you so much. Thanks for having us. It's great to have you. And I heard a lot about Apply Board. It's been very busy for you, even though we are doing this interview in the midst of a global epidemic. Um, I see that Apply Board is actually growing its business versus we see a lot of, unfortunately, a lot of businesses slowing down. So why don't I start off by, you know, you telling me a little bit about yourself uh, as an entrepreneur and your journey as an entrepreneur. Sounds good. So I think the, the story can start a bit because uh, one of the questions that everyone asks me, when did you decide to be an entrepreneur? And I, I always respond back from the time that I was born. And uh, the reason for that, I remember when I was very early on, maybe like six, seven years old, I would have sell my toy. My, actually, my parents would have buy me toys and I would have sell it to my people in the street or in the class or kindergarten at discount. So that's the funny thing. I would have lose my money. You made sure to give the yeah. discount. I love it. So I, di- I didn't know much of accounting that time, but it worked out. You know, I was... <laughs> as long as it was uh, buying and selling, it works out. As long as I would have take money out and put it in my pocket, I was happy, you know. Uh, putting the joke on the side, yeah. So we started at Flyboard five years back. So we came as international students, me and my uh, brothers and uh, slash co-founders. We came ourselves as international students. We went through the process of applying for moving Canada and coming here through the whole process, which is a very uh, lengthy process. It's not actually easy process. So that when we went to a school, that was always a question, why this is a hard process? Why cannot be easier? And why is it not so transparent for a student so that they can make the right choice? Because at the end, we're playing with the people's life. You know, people's making decisions when there are thousands of miles away is sitting in a small city and making this a very uh, hard choice. So as a result, we started five years back. Actually, it's short of a week, to no, four weeks short of five years. So we started May. This is almost, uh, we're coming to our fifth year anniversary. And uh, since then, uh, business has been good. We've been growing and uh, uh, been lucky, but I think luck comes out of a lot of persistence and amazing team around you. So that's a little bit about me and my journey of seven years old when I was seven till now. <laughs> you know, it's funny because uh, um, I also shared uh, my journey in, in one of the po- podcasts. And I also started when I was six or seven years old. Uh, so my next question to you would be, do you think that entrepreneurs are born? Or do you think that's, uh, that's something you, you sort of become, you choose to become? I think it's both, but having the parents around you is really important. My parents were not entrepreneur, but they were very uh, business-minded people. So my mom was, uh, she had, uh, she was a principal of a school for 30 years. And my dad was running his kind of own business for the last five years, but they were very business-minded people. So I think that's how we grow up, that everything needs to make sense 
the whole balance sheet needs to make, make sense. So that's how we grew up. But when we kind of came to Canada, I never could have seen myself working for someone as not a reporting. I don't have a problem. You learn from uh, reporting to someone or working with someone at that sense. But I could have never think of someone's going to come and my paychecks or everything depend on someone, even if it was 10 times a, a smaller than a job that I would have get. So I think that's kind of both it developed during your childhood and become a preference. I think like as someone that been through a lot in the past, like at least 10, 12 years of my life, being entrepreneur is super hard. I don't think so. Anyone thinks just being entrepreneur is the best thing is actually hardest thing. Sometimes I don't want to lie. You think about, I wish that I was working for someone. I don't want that much responsibility. I don't want that much of uh, pressure on my shoulder, but at the end of it makes you happy because now you're doing something and you have an amazing team about yourself, about uh, around you that makes you a lot happier and actually makes you grow faster by having those amazing people around you. Yeah, and it looks like you have an amazing team around you. And uh, you're, you're right uh, with having, I think, parents as, as an example or somebody as an example of entrepreneurship. I think you get comfortable around the idea of entrepreneurship as a concept early on. So it's kind of an easy transition. If you do decide to become an entrepreneur, you're comfortable with the concept. That's correct. So with Apply Board, there's some really amazing things that are happening right now. I follow you on social media, on LinkedIn. So you, are, you have recently expanded. I know that you were working with Canadian universities and Canadian colleges mostly. Um, and there was a recent announcement. Do you want to tell me a little bit more about that? For sure. So because one of our applied vision and the mission is really, first of all, making education accessible around the world. That's the end uh, uh, goal for us. And then making uh, at, the, at the path of that, we want to be a world leader of studying abroad. So in order to be there, we need to make sure we provide the students the options that they want to go. Not every single student wants to come to Canada. Not every single student could come to Canada because of their visa chances, because of their education background, and many other reasons. So we recently launched the UK, which has been amazing and super successful. I've been impressed with the amount of uh, interest we have received in the last three days. So we have launched UK. We are working with some US schools too. So right now, at the moment, we are welcoming international students around the world to these three countries. And our goal is to get to the place that we can even launch China, any other country, because there are so many amazing countries that bring international students in their country and then teach them and make their better version of themselves. And that's our goal. We want to get the place that we would be able to help our students anywhere they decide to go outside of their countries. Is that a sort of a three-year, five-year plan that you have? And how many countries do you see apply board in? Oh, wow. That's a, that's a tough question because if you want to do it right... UK was a pre-plan of seven months that was successfully launched. Only one country. The one country was a pre-planning of seven months. So definitely as teams getting together and now we having more people around the company, that could be easy, easier in the long term. So I don't necessarily think within five years we're going to have a word, but within five years we're going to have a popular destination such as Australia, New Zealand, Ireland, 
France, Germany, at least a major one. At the same time, it has to make sense business-wise because you can just go and then open a country and there is not much of demands for it. So that's the goal. But it's not really easy what we do because when you're really thinking about it, one of students wants to go abroad. It can be very different from your nationality, your age, your uh, schools that you study. And from the supply side, from the school side, it could be very different from the uh, University of X to University of A, different requirements. So if you want to do it right and give the students the best knowledge and information, there is a lot of pre-planning involved. So with the, with the current situation that we're in, how has this affected? Because I think in, in your business, just like in any business, it's relationship building. Now with the travel bans and everything that's happening, how has that impacted Apply Board? And so I would like to say, like, is it a concern? Yes. How long does it continue? Uh, we'll get to know, right? But I think what we really need as a human think about it is the people in those situations, right? And our best effort hasn't been, oh, let's bring more international students. We're like, what if, what about those? A lot of residents closed down. What are these international students in the country right now doing? If there is a lot of these international students, they had a part-time job of in retail, which all is going to get pretty much no income for a few months. So I think that's how our focus been making sure first we can help our students in the country and making sure that we empowering them and do whatever it's in our control. I'm optimistic. I think this is actually for the human. This was something that it brought the countries together, brought the humanity together. So that's, I look at it as optimistic toward of it. But at the same time, depending on how long does it last, it will impact. But will the student decide not to go abroad when this is over? Definitely the answer is not. The, the students that want to go abroad and they want to study abroad, they do it. Maybe there would be a shift in the market. And that's what we've been our focus. We're welcoming international students and our partners still help the students. Let's support them because we know this is a temporary, nothing is permanent. And we rather to actually take this moment and focus on our infrastructure, making things more scalable. And that's why you don't see any kind of a stop in our growing. We're going to continue growing. We actually, I think the last figure they told me, there were like over 80 job positions is still open in our website and it's, people still can apply. And we are going to continue grow because I think actually this is the best time to get amazing talent and f- focus on the thing that you never had focused because it was always running after the growth, making sure we help the students. Now is the time to focus on our infrastructure, and our customer service. And that's what we've been doing there. I like that. And that's a very good point, uh, Mehdi, because I think a lot of businesses in, in this situation are focusing on the negative things and, you know, looking at the things that they cannot do instead of looking internally in terms of things that you can do right now, even though um, one side of the business slowed down, uh, there's so much that can be done in, in terms of other uh, things and you can still be productive and still grow. For sure. And I think it's the one way of showing your team that uh, obviously we don't know this. There's so much uncertainty. I cannot say what is it going to be three months, six months from now. But I think that's the easiest way of showing your team that you got our back. Now we have your back. You know, unfortunately, this is something that no businesses or government can control. It's something that requires every single human being get their hands together and solve this. And I think as a result of that, 
whoever has the power and they can do something which should be uh, thinking about any other opportunity or other ways of helping each other. That's what being our approach and we're going to continue to do so. That's a very good approach. So I would like to hear from you because you're a successful entrepreneur. What's the best piece of advice you ever received? Or it can be the worst piece of advice. For me, I always say it was the worst piece of advice that sort of, you know, was a turning point for me. So if, if that's something that you can recollect and maybe share with our listeners. For sure. So I think the best things that I got it from a few of my mentors and I learned is today and tomorrow, they're going to be different. And whenever we are celebrating something, the moment of that celebration, I'm thinking of when is the next downside? Whenever on the downside, we're thinking of what is it the next upside? Life is about that. You know, nothing is a steady, nothing is going to be on the top. So that's what uh, I think to anyone, it's really at the end is, if there is not a downside, we're not going to enjoy the most of the upside. If there is no upside, we're not going to uh, appreciate the, uh, the downside and the upsides that we had. So I think that's something that I really learned. And really the greatest advice and always, I remember when uh, Snapchat went public and he was the youngest uh, billionaire. I remember that time. And I always, everyone was saying how lucky he is. And I would have been one of those people because uh, that time I was like, that was, I think, three, four years back. And I was like, yeah, the guy is so lucky. I don't think so. Any business becomes successful with luck. Yes, you become lucky to have a great idea. Persistence and the people. This is the two things that are going to make you successful. And it's not luck. Like, I can't tell you the number of days that... We are not sleeping because we know the crisis is happening and we need to work days and night to make sure that happens. So I think that's something that I learned and I received that we cannot chill and business goes on its own. It's persistence and never giving up regardless of whatever, whatever is the business. You would be successful if you don't give up, even if it's as much as selling pen that it existed years and it's a common common tra uh, trait that I hear uh, entrepreneurs say is the persistence. You know, uh, if you don't give up and you persist, and even if there's a, a challenge, you look at it many different ways until you sort of find a solution, but not giving up. I think your, your biggest enemy is yourself. If you give up on yourself, then, you know, everybody else will. Uh, so with the biggest challenges, what is one of the biggest challenges you ever faced uh, in, in your business? I think is the process, is scaling the process, specifically in the business that we are, which is so complex. You know, a lot of time people say, uh, "Are you afraid of competition coming out?" We see a lot of people see how Plybird, uh is on rise. They're like, "Oh, we're gonna do the same thing." I'm like, "Not at all." I actually wish there was more competition so we could have learned from them because we're inventing and improving every process ourselves. So I think that's a challenge, a scaling the process and putting uh, the right people at the right process to make sure that the scale up process, that's going to be a challenge. I think that's never ending a challenge and that's going to continue. That's, I think, that's the biggest challenge that any, again, businesses face as we do. I'm a very optimistic person. So we have amazing team. And when I go back to two years ago, a year ago, even the last month, we are improving those process and we inventing a lot of things. And that's as long as that's a that way and we are in the right direction, I don't think so. There is any challenge that we cannot overcome. 
That's great. And what advice would you give an entrepreneur looking to sort of start a business right now? It can be right now. It can be once the, you know, the epidemic is over. Is there a piece of advice? In terms of right now, actually, I felt, I think it's the best time to start a lot of business because when everyone is swimming toward of the river, the person's going to win that actually put the best effort and swim against of the river flow. If you really look at it, whatever right now needs to be, right now, a lot of people focusing on online X, Y, Z, that's good, but we're not going to overnight shift and people's behavior. So I think actually... Right now, it's a lot of it's a good time that you can think and see how fragile the whole economy and whole world was, and think about what are the services or businesses that is lacking. I think that's something that I would say, regardless if you want to start something started, regardless of what it is, even if it's a service company. There's so many service companies that are super successful. Not everything needs to be tech. Not everything needs to be SaaS or PaaS. You know. Right. And then in terms of giving advice is. Pick a good idea, go prove that the idea works with talking with the people, never be shy of picking on the phone. Myself, I there were schools that after 67 times follow, we got them on board. Took me two and a half years. Personally, 67 times I follow up with that school to get. So never give up. When we started, many people told us this is a Bad idea. You guys are not going to be successful. No student's going to go online. This is crazy. And five years later, every all those people come says, now we're happy that Applyboard exists because look at this situation. You guys are the only end-to-end online process for students. We believe in ourselves and we believe that is a problem with no solution and we start focusing on the solution of it. That's great. And you, you operate in a KW area. So why would you recommend your city to other entrepreneurs? Personally, I, I love a smaller city. I think it's time is so important that I don't appreciate of sitting in a bus or a car or something two or three hours of in my day on traffic. So I think that is so much more we can do during that time. So that's what I love about Kitchener-Waterloo. It's a small, medium, not as small anymore. It's a medium-sized city. And uh, there are a lot of amazing new grads, right? When you look at Laurier, Waterloo, and Conestoga College, they are producing over 10,000 alumni every year. And those are the future of the city. And I think that's something that we should focus on it. Uh, Definitely, there is a lot of perks and uh, to be in KW, but there are cons too. You know, you wouldn't find every talent. You know, there are some uh, uh, roles that is really hard, but I think this whole situation happened. It's going to open every single business owner's eyes that, you know what, I'm going to go remote. doesn't matter if we made it. This is our third week work from home. And I think that's going to last few more weeks if we made it and nothing happened. So what stops us to have people in Vancouver, Montreal, Quebec, any city in Canada. And I think that's an approach of us, but KW been really good. It's amazing. A lot of cost of rental for offices. Those are cheaper. And even the human resource, you get as many as good resources here, as good as even Toronto. But again, a few thousand dollars cheaper for a starting company. And then when you go into a scaling off, those all at the end count. So I think like if anyone to start, as long as you're a net tech company, don't come compete here. Take our engineers, you know. 
then we'll come. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So you would definitely then recommend KW area for somebody that's not a competition to you to start the yeah. <laughs> Did you actually hear Justin Trudeau, uh, Prime Minister, yesterday said he how much KW companies are helping and then making a lot of things? And I think that's a symbol of this whole Canada that before even anyone decides that will go work from home, uh, startups in our scales or Shopify or Google, they all went work from home before even any news came out. So I think that's amazing that we can see those things here and initiated by KW companies. Very good. And, uh, you know, it's, it must be really exciting to be part of all of that, you know, to help grow the KW economy and, and businesses and provide jobs like Applied Board is. So that's, that's really good. I'm going to get a little bit personal now, Mitty. Go ahead. <laughs> so I, I'm sure our listeners would love to know what you do to unwind, to, to sort of disconnect, de-stress, Here's the thing, though. I think it depends on what is it that you like in the moment of your life. And that changed. Truly, what we do at Applyboard makes me so happy that I can impact other people's life. My life would have been very different or could have been even night or day difference if I, wasn't, uh, I didn't decide to come to Canada. I think that impact of it drives us so much that I think that makes me happy and that's my unwind moment. If I get the email from a student or someone that I just become a part of the honor list, X, Y, Z, that's enough. So I think at this moment, I still work give me enough pleasure that I don't need. But there are the times that I just unplug everything and just see it go to a uh, just outside, walk around, you know, there are those moments, but at the same time, I think a plywood is giving us enough boost that I don't need those moments much of, as of now, as I'm going to be older, my things get different, you know, but as of now, I think that's enough. That's great. And, uh, you know, are you, are you a morning or a night person? Does, do you like to do majority of your work at, at morning or at night? My day-to-day routine is I wake up 7 o'clock before 7 I'm up. And then as much as I can get job done, I'll focus, but I don't go back, go to the bed if there is something left. So sometimes my night goes till 1 or 2, sometimes it's 10 o'clock or sometimes it's 6 p.m. So for me, it really doesn't matter. But I used to be very night person. I used to be work till six, seven, and then sleep a few hours in morning. But I actually get a lot more done when I start the day sooner. And then you're more productive. So, but at the same time, I think at this moment, it depends on the workload as much as, as long as I don't have work that day, I'm okay with that. That's great. What's your favorite place in the world? I'm sure you've traveled a lot uh, and have seen a lot of places. Is there one that sort of uh, stuck with you that, you know, uh, has a special place in your heart? I don't know. Maybe I would say Vietnam. That's going to maybe change. Uh, I've been there five times and I just love the food, the people and how, you know, like in Canada, this was a big shock when I came to Canada was when I, you walk around, people smile. That really, I love energies. Getting it, I get energy from people and I pass those energy. And that's one of the countries I feel, I felt that. You know, people are super happy, super 
uh, motivating people around. So I think as of now, I would say Vietnam is on the top of the list. But again, I've only been in 18 countries. That will change as I have a chance to visit all other countries. I like how you say that, only 18 countries. (laughs) 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 That's plenty of countries. Uh, So I'm going to ask you a couple of rapid fire questions. You don't have to think too much about it. You can just ask whatever comes to your mind first. So if you weren't doing what you're doing today, what would you be doing? Uh, Perhaps whether I was in uh, any social worker, anything that I could have paid back to the community and helped people, or I would have go to different business, which was anything related to construction. Yeah, that, that's something that always was my passion. I was going to study civil engineering. I studied business marketing, but I think that would have been the first two choice. Well, that's great to know. Yeah, I wouldn't have guessed. It's a, it's a big contrast. Um, is there a book that you're currently reading? If there's not a book, you know, it can be a podcast or anything else that you, you sort of, you know, like to do on the office. Uh, right now, I'm actually, I don't read book. I listen through the audible. So I'm uh, listening to uh, the score take care of itself is really interesting because it talks about how you should align the whole company together and then give the task to the people and make them own it. And then as, as of that, then if every single person in the company from the reception till the, the CEO of the company, they own what they do, then the outcome will be better. And even if it's not, then everyone own what they needed to do. Uh, that's something that I'm really enjoying it right now. Very good concept, I think. If you feel a part of something, not just an employee, but actually owning something, um, it, it makes it that much dear to your heart, I think. Yep. So are you, um, if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would, what would it be and why? I think I would say energetic. I can impact many people's moods. If I'm down, I can bring them unfortunately down. If I'm have a lot of energy, which is the most of the case, I can boost many people's mood. And uh, that would be the word that I think people might say it about me or that's what I want at least to be, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, what is keeping you up at night these days? I know there's so many things happening around us. It's really hard to kind of clue out everything, but is there one or two things that you think about at night? Not really. Interesting. When I go to bed, I'll just put the phone on the side and I sleep like a baby. I wake up. I love it. <laughs> the, the, uh, that's, I think that's my unplugged moment. When I'm in the bed, I'm not thinking of anything, but if there is a project or something in my mind, I'll just come out of the bed, write it down, then go back to bed. So. I'm jealous. I wish I could do the same. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, do you have uh, routines uh, in the morning or in the evening? Like in the morning, do you have to have a cup of coffee or, or you know, go for a walk or workout or, you know, yoga or whatever, you know, routines you may have? Yeah, I think like, yeah, the coffee is obvious. Yeah, I don't think so. Maybe there is 2% entrepreneur in this world that lives without coffee. You know, that's not me. I do have, I have to first get the cup of coffee. I have to put my dog back in the backyard, just relax for a few minutes and then get a start work. And then in the evening, I re- always have a half an hour to one hour. Usually if I cook, that's the moment of the relaxation. If not, I'll just do anything, read the book, listen to the book, do anything that is not related. 
thankfully I'm not yet in the mode of going for exercises. I don't, I don't want to say I don't have time. That's an excuse, but it's not there that I really feel that I need to do. But as long as you eat healthy and you have a good healthy mindset, I think you can balance it out. But that's pretty much more of the routine. I that morning and that half an hour to one hour in evening, it has to be there every single day. That's great. And the last question is, there's a small tropical island in the middle of the ocean with only one phone booth and no internet. So we drop you off. There's no technology at all. And anytime you can use the phone booth on the island to call the boat to come and pick you up. How long do you think it would last before making that phone call? And what would you do? What is the temperature in that island first? We'll say it's, it's hot, you know, 30 degrees. Okay, I'll just take a hammer or something, destroy that phone booth, and stay in that island. <laughs> That's it, stay there forever. <laughs> I think, yeah, I don't know, maybe a few weeks. It depends, though. It depends. If I imagine it today, five seconds later, pick me up. But I actually always think, I think after when the time comes that I want to give myself a couple months break, that would be situation. Go somewhere just focus on the life. But uh, yeah, I, I never thought about it. But I think if it's today, give me two days, I call back, you know, but if it's tomorrow, yeah, two, three days as of now, I think that's how long I can stay out of the business. You know, it just, if you have fun in whatever you do, as long as you go to a sleep and at the end of the night, you say, this was a good day and I enjoyed my day. I think then you should do whatever you do. Continue doing that. My belief is I live once and I have to take advantage every single day of my life. I like that. That's a, that's a good way to uh, live by. Matthew, thanks so much. And thank you to your team as well for uh, joining us today. Thank you so much. Really appreciate it. I'm Andrea Sassum, your Toronto's host for Canada's podcast, Nation's number one entrepreneurial network. It was a great pleasure to be here with Matthew Basiri, who is the co-founder of the Applied Board.